Welcome to Fans of the Genre, episode 10 for January 9th, 2017. I'm Brian Swanson. <laughs> I'm Mikey Krieger. And I'm Paul Rhodes. Um, so we were actually just talking about how it's been... It's been two weeks since we nope. um, recorded. <laughs> and I feel like I haven't talked... Well, I've seen Mikey, but I haven't talked to Brian in a long time. So how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing pretty well. Back at work yeah. now, finally. <laughs> yeah, work sucks. I hate it. Um, yeah. <laughs> work, work is for squares. I like it. Oh, good for you. Kind um, of. <laughs> so yeah, this is. Um, I don't know. What do you, like, how is how is it getting back into work and everything for everybody? We had I had a long break and I miss not working because yeah. also right after we recorded last we moved and I spent four days hauling ass between two Oof. apartments and i didn't really actually get to enjoy my vacation but it was yeah you, you did move to a different apartment in the same building yes but so this <laughs> this this being the second time i've done that very thing in the last year and a half it's actually surprisingly difficult you think it's just easy like you go up some stairs and go down a hall but like but it, it is easier than yes actually like putting your shit in a u-haul Paying yes. for the U-Haul, yeah. Needing to like hurry and get a get that back there by the time that yeah. it needs to be back there. You even had like a bellhop yeah. pusher thing. Yeah, we did have that. Okay, all right. So yes, you guys are right. And I did offer but, to help, which you didn't. I know. Me I didn't. On. I know. <laughs> Brian didn't offer. No, I, I, I. It is easier, but like in your head, you think it's going to be the easiest thing, and it's yeah. uh, all I'm trying to say is that it's still There's hard. Always like yeah. one extra box no, yeah. you don't want to carry. Exactly. Yeah. Um. And then. I always get to that point where it's like, I look around the old apartment, there's still like a bunch of little shit everywhere. And then eventually you just reach a point where you don't care about any of it and you just toss it all on the thing and don't care about packing it. And you just, I literally just unpacked my refrigerator and put it on that bell cart thing. <laughs> there's like loose hot sauces and condiments just sort of falling everywhere. It was pretty great. Um, awesome. yeah, that if you extra could, like a hundred square feet. Yeah. And the new place is actually really great. I'm excited for you both to Good. see it. Um, but this is a video game podcast, guys, and we we played them. We played a lot of them. Yeah, um, I'm playing a lot of them. Me too. Do you guys want to talk about topics first, or should we do straight into what we played because it's been a while? Uh, we can do we can do topics. Okay. Well, then you'll hear about our games later. Um, Alex Vigu at King with No Name on Twitter recommended that we talk about. Um, he he told us to imagine our favorite literature as a game and into and challenge us to think about what it would look like um and i imagine there'd be graphics there'd probably be pretty good graphics for mine and like the gameplay would be would be immersive and visceral um <laughs> it'd blow you away yeah it would, would blow would me it, away would it be a master class of yes something? fans of the genre would um, find a lot to appreciate yeah um so I was actually thinking about what my favorite literature would be, and I can't think of any, like... I, I think Alex wants us to think about, like, books. 
Um, but I'm thinking of uh, the comic book, The Wicked and the Divine. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, that's very good. Uh, and I don't know what kind of game that would be. I guess it would be kind of like, well, so Wicked and the Divine is about um, gods being resurrected in the form of like basically pop stars and people worship them and idol them the way they worship like Kim Kardashian or Katy Perry or something. Um, and I actually haven't read past book one. So if things change beyond that, uh, Wait, like the first like trade or the first like stand, the first, issue? the first trade okay, I have, that's I fair. have the first three trades, but like I've, I've so I've read a significant chunk. Yeah. I just haven't followed yeah. through. Yeah, that's I still like, like it a lot. five or six issues then. So that's actually yeah. fine. I was going to say, if you've read like one thirty page, no, 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 no. Like, it's the best book. That's where I'm at too, by the way. I'll trade in. Um, so like, I guess I could imagine it like, like that Tokyo Mirage Sessions game or one of those old, <laughs> uh, not old, one of those like Japanese idol games where you, uh, I-D-O-L, not I-D-L-E. Uh, <laughs> I don't know where you're like, maybe doing like a Rhythm he- Heaven style, I don't know, rhythm game. I I don't know. What, what do you guys think? Having I think, both read that. I think that, to to do something as um and i'm thinking like novels i'm thinking like a hemingway or yeah salinger or something um to do a novel right part of it would would require a really distinct art style and mm-hmm. so i'm not sure what the conversation of like 3d versus 2d graphics would look like but the game would have to be incredibly distinct looking to capture yeah. how the writing feels when you're reading right. that, like such a popular or classic or um, well-written book. Yeah. I think like it's also, I, I agree that you want to evoke like what it feels like to read whatever you're reading, but I also would be interested in seeing different interpretations of the work oh, for sure. Um, artistically and I guess uh, <sighs> interactively. What was that Alice in Wonderland yeah. game? Oh, oh. Uh, uh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, vamping while we type and look it up. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Um. Uh, uh, I, oh, Alice's uh, the uh, Alice Madness Returns, right? Yeah. Or is it um it, America McGee's yeah. or something? American McGee's. I don't know if those are yeah, good, that, but that's what I think of when I think of like literature and games. Yeah, that's totally fair. The only other example I can think of is like The Witcher. Which is yeah. based on uh, Polish novels. Yeah. And so then, yeah, my mind when I saw that question initially to like just like the page master, where you're just like hopping from book to book, oh, and like that'd be kind of cool playing out the books. Which I, I think that actually be it, like I feel like that almost that would work as like Kingdom Hearts, where it's like you have these like different worlds that you're traveling in between that are just totally and. Like they're just totally like a standalone, yeah. World where like it's actually, yeah. I think Kingdom Hearts for all of its, uh, I I don't know. Um, I I don't want to say faults, but for what it is, like that it, it is basically what we're talking about, right? Like, yeah. if you, I don't know if you'd consider film literature. I don't know if literature needs to be yeah. written down, but like films and drawings and stories uh, of Disney worlds are like merged with final fantasy but you're hopping between them all and doing like reliving those stories and i think that's a cool way to do it yeah so like yeah i usually read things that are either pretty video gamey or like mm-hmm. 
pretty decidedly like nonfiction. Yeah. Um, like th- my favorite book of the past like couple years that I've read is Console Wars, which is the like slight dramatization of like the history between Sega and Nintendo in the nineties. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, it kind of reads like what watching the social network kind of feels like, mm-hmm. but yeah. it's not nearly as like jaded and snarky and it's actually kind of like lighthearted and fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know how that would play out. It'd be like just making business decisions and fighting with Sega Japan about mm-hmm. what Sonic should be called. Yeah. <laughs> the only other, the only other, uh, example I can think of just because I've been reading it for the last couple years because I'm a very slow reader and I go back and forth between books. Yeah, um, me too. Uh, is Live from New York, which is the... It's Saturday uh, Night. The, yeah, actually, yes. It's the oral history of Saturday Night very Live cool. where you've got uh, all the cast members and crew members throughout the years talking about each season, their time on the show, all the myths and all the truths of all like of that show. And it's actually kind of got me thinking about like a um, like a simulation type game where you try to make sure that Saturday Night Live can run every single week. Oh, so you cool. like, so you like pitch sketch ideas and topics. I'll, I'll like kind of like yeah. game dev story, you know, yeah. where you like, uh, you put together two themes and if they rate really well, you can go with it. And then if you like, if you do sequels to that sketch where you like do recurring characters, like eventually the, the returns, dim- like you get diminishing returns. Right. Um, yeah. I think that'd be kind of a cool game where you like just try to make the show work every single week because it's it's amazing for you know if, if you don't like the comedy or if you don't get it or if you don't care for it i think you can still appreciate that like they put on a live show every single week and it it's different and actually live every single week it's crazy yeah no like i think they threw it up on like facebook or something but one of the latest episodes they showed like cutting from the opening sketch to the opening monologue mm-hmm. and like them like tearing down the set while the, uh, like I, when I was young, I never quite understood why the intro to Saturday night live was so fucking long. Yeah. It's like two and a half minutes to like say everyone's names. And mm-hmm. then like watching that, like it's playing the, the intro right. over like what, uh, watching the crew just take down the set like yeah. once, once this gets over, like the actors just like heads down, like bolt off the stage, so the crew can just come dismantle everything and pull everything apart. Yeah, it's, like it's I, pretty. Remarkable. That video, that video is amazing. I might put it in the show notes or something. But like, you get to hear the production guy, like the lead set designer, yeah, like telling everyone what to do, and like up until the very last like half second, there's a dude up there trying to like adjust flowers. Um, yeah. on the main stage because it's a Christmas yeah. episode so it's like decorated so eventually the guy giving like, directions just, just is just like just get out of there just get out of there and then uh, the host just walks right out of the door it's it's yeah. amazing but like um, like as like the last people walk out Casey Affleck walks out it's mm-hmm. like holy shit yeah. um, and like you get kind of really like antsy because you see them trying to take down the set and for whatever reason like like they're having trouble for like a second. Yeah. Like they uh-huh. totally get out of the way in in time, but it's just like, oh shit, oh shit, they're gonna make it. And yeah, the, and the fact that like I can't recall any like true like on like the fault of the crew, anything really going wrong mm-hmm. on Saturday Night Live in like a major way. Uh, you know, there's like actors will break or whatever, but 
Yeah. I've never really seen like a true like, like set malfunction. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, if they could capture that feeling in a game, that'd be pretty cool. I yeah. would, uh, I would like that. You have but, to deal um, with like a very dramatic post. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You have, to, you have to try to book a musical act. Like they could cancel and you have to scramble to find a new one or something. Yeah. Like you're basically just playing Lauren Michaels, which would be super yeah. cool. Deal with Twitter. Um, deal with Twitter feedback. Yeah. That, yeah. So they update this, but we won't dwell too much on this, yeah. but they, they update that book probably every five years or so. Um, so they can get more cast members in and, um, like interview their stories. And I'm actually at the point now where the current cast is talking about whether they read the, the blogs after each show or read social media. And, uh, each one has a different kind of take on it. Some people read it and take certain criticisms to heart. Others just don't care and don't read it. And, but yeah, it'd be fun to, to deal with all that. Um, um anyway, d- did you see, I'm trying to figure out what the name of the movie is right now. Uh, don't think twice. It was my uh, Bergoglio's no. movie about uh, a bunch of improv comedians who like audition mm-hmm. for a uh, fictional Saturday Night Live. No, that's that's up there on my list though. I um, it's, it's pretty good. Uh, that's that's like a comedy nerds sort of movie in my, in my opinion, and yeah. I have a hard time convincing my partner to watch stuff like that. Um, well, it, yeah, <laughs> it, 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 just just tell her it's like centered around Saturday Night Live, and I'm sure that she'll yeah get into it that way. Uh, yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, Evan, my roommate. He was way more into it because he's really into Mike Birbiglia and specific and Chris Gethard, who's also mm-hmm. in it. It's got a yeah. great cast. It's got a fantastic cast, so I'm, I'm excited to watch that um, for sure. Yeah, it's and yeah, and it kind of it is a bit a little bit of like inside baseball comedy, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, it's it's pretty interesting. Like the um, it's like this improv group where one person goes to Saturday Night Live and like. How everyone he, gets jealous. Yeah, everyone gets jealous, and like how he deals with the fame, and he kind of like, yeah, like like the people's reaction. Like they go to the improv group, just like hoping that he's there, mm-hmm. and like yeah, it's it, it's really interesting. I I enjoyed it quite a bit, but my roommate was like totally enamored with it. Cool. Um, yeah. I'll check that out, Brian. You had another topic that you wanted to bring up. Do you want to? Yeah. Take the lead. Speaking of um, Kingdom Hearts, <clears throat> I've been playing it yeah. for the past week and a half the HD version of the game on the 1.5 uh, remix, which is on the PlayStation 3. It's a really easy way to play it if anyone wants to get into it or um, try it again after it's been, what, 14 years since that game's come out? Isn't that crazy? 15. But I just finished Hollow Bastion, one of the the, the last, second-to-last world in the game, um, and you fight your rival Riku there twice. And I... Remember that fight, the second fight specifically being so difficult where it was just one, you as Sora versus him. Um, And I beat it last night after maybe like five or six tries. And it just made me want to think about like other challenging um, bosses or like games that we played as kids. And if you guys have revisited Mm -hmm. them at all, Uh, Kingdom Hearts definitely is like up there for me as a really challenging game um, that I'm coming back to and I'm like, picking up a lot more on the like building your character and like following like Mm -hmm. how the game wants to be played versus when I was a kid and just like, like pressing X constantly and with no strategy at all, like playing Pokemon and like having all of your abilities be attacks. Uh Um, Yeah. Do you think of any games Um, you guys remember being really hard? Well, Kingdom Hearts does come to mind, especially since we've been talking about it. Like uh, 
those boss fights, I remember feeling, even as a very young kid, that it was like unfairly difficult in some ways. Mm-hmm. Um, especially like the side bosses, like, I'm not sure if this is one or two, but you can fight Sephiroth. Yeah. yeah um, it's actually both. It's both? Okay. Well, they both suck. Um, <laughs> I, I, I had a friend that could do it, but he's the only one I knew in person that, that did it. Um, but like, I actually am just the type of person that gets rid of older games um, and older systems. So I actually haven't been able to return to some of those older games, but like I can think of me and my good friend, Brandon, uh, we used to like rent games um, and play through them in a weekend and just return them. I think a lot of people probably Mm -hmm. did that, but we, the one that comes to mind is Bayonetta. Uh, We played that on PS3 and I think we were having a pretty good time just like hopping back and forth. The entire game wasn't too difficult or anything, but the very final boss fight with the main villain whose name is Jean, uh, like J E A N. Um, she's a French lady. Uh, it kicked our ass. And I think we spent probably upwards of five hours trying to beat that boss. And I don't know what it was or why it was so hard for us, but we like could not get past it. And when we finally did, it's like that amazing achievement. Um, and I actually have a feeling that if I went back to it now, it wouldn't be that hard. It's probably because when you're playing with a friend, you make concessions about like what you upgrade and what you choose to focus on and like what weapons you use and everything. Oh, sure. um, but I, I think I could probably go back and enjoy it. But I remember feeling like that boss fight sucked. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I still look back fondly on it, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, did you play Bayonetta 2 at all? I did not. No, I really want to. Um, um, yeah, it's... Yeah. It's really hard to go back because uh, Bayonetta 2 is phenomenal and really uh, implements a lot of, I think, ideas that they had for the first and, like, mm-hmm. puts it in, in two and they, like, fine-tune everything a lot more. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't, like, I, Bayonetta was a game that, yeah, I played and I was like, this is really cool and it's really fucking hard. Um, yeah. Like, and my friend had it, so I just go played it at his place and never really had a chance to play it fully on my own. And then, uh, Bayonetta two came with Bayonetta one. And so I played, I tried playing Bayonetta one first, um, just to try to get into it and see if I could fall in love with it the way that I, uh, was that everyone else seemed to, and that I wanted to, um, yeah, yeah, it's kind of like, like when we were talking about run the jewels the other day, like, like the new album by run the jewels is phenomenal. And I could Mm -hmm. never really get into the first two. And like, I tried going back and revisiting and it still couldn't really get into the first two albums. Like same with Bayonetta one, like it's still whatever for me, but Bayonetta two yeah. is fucking phenomenal. I'll have to check it out. I know you have it. So maybe yeah. I can borrow it. Yeah, absolutely. Like related to that too. Um, in, in like revisiting games, my, my friends would comment, have been commenting on me playing kingdom Hearts, and they're like, Oh dude, I, I could never go back to that game after playing two, like blah, blah, blah. But it's been like also what, like, I don't know. 13 years since that game came out and it's been yeah. easy for me to revisit one sort of forgetting about a lot of the stuff that kingdom hearts did so much better. So I'm, I'm pretty excited to continue on with that, but yeah, yeah that no, reminds I, me. Oh, I always ahead. liked one more than I liked two. Really? Um, yeah, just, there's something about one, like that. I, I don't know what it is. I, I think it's because in two, they start adding in a lot of the, like, uh, what's that? Like organization, organization thirteen. Yeah. Is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. They start adding in all of that stuff, and like the um, Kingdom Hearts plot gets really convoluted. Yeah. And in the first one, it was like, no, it's just this Ansem guy's kind of, you know, dicking everything up. 
uh, and then yeah, then two it just gets start, starts getting really convoluted into stuff about Kingdom Hearts that I really don't like, mm-hmm. and, and that's really it. Like other than the weird branching side games, yes, um, that get really confusing. Like j- mainly just like where they fit and everything. It's like totally unclear. Like well, it it always feels like every new game you play, Sora has amnesia again, and you go and yeah. revisit exact same worlds and do the exact same thing so it is tough to know like where everything fits yeah i could in the timeline um but dream drop distance had the world ends with you characters in it and that is everything that game's really good really yeah wow i didn't know that um i i think yeah jumping back into the um kingdom hearts timeline being really convoluted and crazy i i definitely agree um, but that, that I think sort of lends or makes the HD collections that much better just because it's great yeah. to have all of the games on three discs or if you have a PS4 pretty soon, just two, because they're going to combine mm-hmm. 1.5 and 2.5 into one collection. Um, I think that the other part of that too is just the fatigue of playing between four to six Kingdom Hearts games, uh, in a row if you want to sort of, yeah get caught up and so that's the the burden that i'm facing as i guess i'm uh secretly uh transitioning into what games we've played um mm-hmm. I, i'm like about 25 hours into kingdom hearts one at the last world um i'm actually secretly really excited to play chain of memories the game that was that game boy advance game, game. boy advance card game yeah that, that was the card game. i had that and i I was too young to get it, but I, I was so fresh, frustrated with the uh, battle system. It was no, I dope. That. So th- there's a Riku boss fight towards the end that I got stuck on and couldn't beat, and I was just like, well, this was three quarters of a really good game that I'm mm-hmm. never going to pick up again. I um, yeah, I think yeah. I could pick it up now. but I, I remember getting frustrated with it and stopping, and then Kingdom Hearts 2 got a release date, and I had to do it. And so I like put turned it back on, start over from the beginning, and... Um, like a week before Kingdom Hearts 2 came out. And I think I finished Sora's campaign like the night before Kingdom Hearts 2. I was going to go to GameStop and get Kingdom Hearts 2. And I, I decided I'm going to finish Reverse Rebirth, which is where you replay the entire game backwards as Riku, um, again, your rival, before I played Kingdom Hearts 2. And I did it. And I was really proud of myself. And I'm really excited to play it again. Nice. Um, but I've been playing that. It's been really fun. Um, and I think what Kingdom Hearts has shown me playing this HD collection is how far games have really come when it when it revolves around like cutscenes and storytelling because yeah. there's so much like bizarre things that like it was held to by the limitations of the PlayStation 2 that translates over to the HD collection because who wants to recreate the game um, yeah. with the structure already there. And so like you remember how games used to like not be fully voiced yeah yeah you know like they'll just no, like, they'll be like a three minute cutscene or like a two minute cutscene even and then it'll just switch to like chat bubbles over characters oh yeah yeah and it, yeah actually i don't have a problem with that it's it's all right uh it's a very zelda-ish thing well zelda's all text i guess but yeah. but yeah yeah it's so it's like I don't know. Like, I remember as a kid being like, uh, like, why can't it just all be a cutscene? Like, that would be the coolest mm-hmm. thing for games to do ever mm-hmm. because they hadn't done it yet. And and now that I do, yeah. so many of those scenes would just be redone so differently. 
Well, yeah, and it's, you have to think that this was on the PS2 yeah. 15 years mm-hmm. ago. Yeah, and the... Like, yeah. Like, the, the game was already pushing a lot of, like, technical limitations. Right. I think there's, like, a healthy... might be a healthy balance. I actually kind of miss just being spoon-fed, like, exposition and dialogue like that. Yeah. Because now what happens, at least in a lot of games, is, like, they're telling you the story over like a radio or something and you're still playing the game. So you might still be like in a combat situation or you might be trying to solve a puzzle and you're like getting uh narrative kindly. like yeah. through your ears. And I have always had a problem with like following the story if it's not like kind of laid out right in front of me. Yeah. Um, like whenever I'm playing something, especially kingdom hearts, which is going to be like a 25, 30 hour investment. I don't mm-hmm. want to be like, constantly attentive throughout that entire time to like try to pick up on little bits of exposition. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like I, I much prefer that over. So if we're like, this is a sneak peek of our, what's what we've been playing, but Rhodes and I were playing the division together mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that game has a, a real poopy story. Like it's got an interesting concept and like, yeah, I, I think really just does a poor job of like communicating these really cool ideas about the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, where it's like, it's a lot of fun, but I just, I don't know or care about what's actually going on. Yeah. Um, like, and it sucks as you can tell, they put a lot of effort into that too. There's so much yeah. like background dialogue. There's so much like pretty well scripted acting, but there's just something about it. It doesn't ring well yeah. for me. No, it's, it's a Tom Clancy plot. It's, it's whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, like, I much prefer that. Um, I'm trying to think of another game that I played that, um, see, and that's actually something that I kind of like about Doom is where it's, it's just like, mm-hmm. like, like the, certain things are happening and like the plots kind of like it should be a, just a generic shooter plot, but then like the Doom Marine just doesn't give a shit. Like right when like so, like like there's some like exposition popping up on a computer at the very beginning and he just like punches the computer and breaks it. It's like <laughs> okay, yeah. cool. That that's what that's I'm getting great. into. Um, um, yeah, that actually segues nicely into my thoughts on doom as well tying it with the narrative stuff because like that game has a lot of really interesting and really great backstory if you want to find it like in all the codex stuff there's actually a pretty subtle transition between like okay so some items have multiple codex entries and you find them kind of sequentially and like the first codex entry for like the company that you're uh that sucks (laughs) is like sort of boilerplate um information and then it gets like more and more twisted the more codex entries you find for yeah. it. And like the story of Doom, they deliver the exposition at like key points at the beginning or end of levels, but like there's never really anything happening over the intercom that like you feel like you need to pay attention to, in my opinion. Yeah. Um no, Doom like, actually has a pretty good and layered like way of delivering information, but it's yeah. also just enjoyable as a guy that wants to kill demons. You know what I mean? Totally. Like it, it yeah. really works to just like kind of like Mostly, I think, just help you realize that there is a larger world. Mm-hmm. Like, it, I think it's really good, like, set dressing. Yeah, um, definitely. Are the um, codex entries, like, journal, like, like three-page long, like, uh, like plot explanation, like, Fallout or, like, uh, Elder Scrolls-style books? Or are they, like, short, just, like, updates? Um, or audio so they're, they're, it's like a paragraph or two. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's no usually no more than a paragraph or two. Good. I like um, that a lot more than like it's the the book or something. 
and it, it and like like Mikey said, it's more like flavor. It it kind of just fleshes things out a little bit, but yeah. you can still understand everything um, just by playing it. So yeah, like, one thing I'll oh go ahead. I was just gonna say like uh, I was looking for a tweet that Nick Robinson put out about like of one of the Codex entries, and like um, it's the second one you find for the like uh, like the plants that you're in. It's like AI mm-hmm. that's talking to you and. And talking about like they did a blind study with uh, some computer science students to do the the Turing test, which is have you seen Ex Machina? It's the test to um, where like you ask a, a, an AI a bunch of questions and you determine whether or not it's human. Um, and they, they did one where um, it's like oh two two things are going to talk to you. One's an AI, one's a professor, and it says ninety two percent of the students thought they were both human. Only eight percent detected that Vega was a computer. Vega also played the professor. Yeah, and it's just like these like little weird like snippets. That's clever. Like, yeah, it's yeah. pretty good. Um, that's a good game. So like I I got that months ago, and I think I said in, in a couple episodes ago that I was gonna start playing it again, mm-hmm. and I did after I started after I got, got settled in the new place. I played like two or three days of Doom, and that game one is really really long. Yeah, and two probably one of the most like just satisfying shooters once you sort of get into the rhythm. Um, oh, absolutely. Uh, like, yeah, it's super fun. If I mean, so many people have talked about Doom, but if you were hesitant about it because it's like an old game, you know, it's an old game franchise and this game's been in development for so long, um, definitely check out Doom. Doom 2016. It's awesome. Yeah, like it's... Like I struggle to find games that I can just like kind of not pay attention to. Like play pretty yeah. passively. Like I really want to play more Final Fantasy fifteen, but I just don't like like that's another game I've been trying to play and I hate that it's an open world game because I'm just exhausted at this point. Mm-hmm. Um but then like little things are always happening, um like little bits of dialogue and I like I understand that, that a big part of what makes that game great is the um just like quipping back and forth between the four uh fantasy boys. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> so yeah, like that, that's something that I wish I could play a bit more of, but it's just like something that I need to be more actively engaged with. And yeah. um, Doom is perfect to just like, I was listening to Zone podcasts out. and yeah, like, like mm-hmm. had some like comedy shows up like on my iPad while I was playing Doom and it was, yeah, it was a great. Time. Um, and yeah, that, that, that game's pretty long normally, but uh, it's really well designed and they have like little secrets hidden throughout. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I'm just, like, scouring over every inch of the maps, which I'm sure doesn't help with... Oh, yeah, you and I are playing the opposite. I, I'll i find those things if I see them, but I don't uh, I don't go out looking yeah. for them. See, and, like, I... Those are the first things that I upgraded on my suit, is where it tells me where secrets are. Because... Oh, yeah. The, the, and the reason why I've, been, why I've been doing it, like, if it were just, like, secrets for whatever, I wouldn't care. But when you find secrets, you get more points to upgrade your weapons with. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's, like, it's a really great way to incentivize, like scaring those out and you should be able to upgrade your weapons like totally fine without doing it um it's just that you can get cooler shit faster if you do it that way which is a really great way to incentivize uh exploration and uh add a little bit of replay value to it plus like the collectibles and we'll we'll move off doom in a second but the collectibles in doom are actually like you said they actually help your character but they're also like if once you discover that the writing is very good like they're actually fun to discover and they unlock codex entries they're cute and they and they're also cute you get those little dolls you get to like fist yeah. punch uh little space fist punch fist punch what's a fist punch <laughs> uh fist just, bump, just, uh, just a punch space marine doll yeah it's pretty good um 
I actually kind of want to wait until next week to talk about the division because I haven't played. I've only just started. Yeah, no, um, we'll need to play some more. Yeah, but Brian, I'm I'm curious. After we bullied you into playing Dark Souls, um, you, do you have anything to say about that? Yeah, I was thinking it might be kind of fun for us to have for for you all to maybe do like a Dark Souls update every week. Yeah, yeah I would <laughs> like how that. I feel about it. Um, so I started playing Dark Souls for the first time on PC. I hooked up an mm-hmm. Xbox controller and was playing it right. Uh, except I was playing it wrong right, because right. I went the wrong way after the tutorial. Yep, that's I, everyone does that. Yep, <laughs> and I thought like the, the, the little pathway you're supposed to take. Like, I legitimately had no idea that it was there. Mm-hmm. Like, I played for probably like three hours, like just getting destroyed. Like, at first I went down into the little swamp, which I think is like one of the later areas of the game. Yeah, and there's this like little like wraiths that are down there oh, that God. just were wrecking my shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did level up pretty quick because, yeah, I, I, then I went, I spent like an hour and a half trying to go down the way that the skeletons are that you ran into, Brian. Uh-huh, yeah. Um, and I would just like farm souls from them. And so I was actually yeah. pretty high level once I actually found the uh, undead Actual bird. pathway. Yeah. Undead bird. Um, yeah, that's where I'm at. So, so the, the first area still. Yes. So talk to me about your journey through the undead bird. So uh, I've been sort of, I got to the, the bonfire that's a little further in there and... Um, like okay. in that little tower? Yeah, yeah. And so mm-hmm. like right around there, I would fight my way across this bridge, kill some kill some like undead dudes in this little building, go down, down some stairs, fight some guys, go up a tower, kill an archer that keeps attacking me. Like the thing yeah. I... The thing that, <laughs> that dickhead. Yeah, the thing that sort of stands out to me right now is how... Well, I remember it because of the amount of repetition it requires for you to, to succeed. Um, well, yeah, I, I haven't played that game in five years, and like I'm remembering everything vividly right now. Yeah, and like I'm, I'm just really itching to pick up Dark Souls one again. <laughs> like I'm just like totally yeah. envisioning the world. Um, I just googled, uh, <laughs> "Is there a way to play Dark Souls on PS4?" And there, there isn't. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to go buy a PS3 for that, uh, but um, but yeah, uh, I'm. I think I have it on Steam, and it was it's super ah. cheap on Steam. If, but I don't know if it's available on Mac. Is the thing. So if it is, my computer would crap. Anyway, yeah, go the, ahead. And then I go down these stairs and I walk down a little hallway, and there's this like big evil guy who's st- like mm-hmm. back is turned to me, and I've tried to poke him a couple times, and he uh, t- that didn't go over well. I died a lot, so I was stopped. Was it the Tech Knight Demon? I don't know. He's in a lot of armor, right, and yeah. he is I think not. It's a little farther. He's not happy with me, so I've decided oh, I, I, I have to ignore him. <laughs> I know who you're talking about. Yeah, I don't think you're supposed to fuck with that guy yet. Yeah. So, um, do you think uh, you're gonna I, keep playing? I mean, yeah, I'll keep playing if if it, like because it, this is fun talking about it. So yeah. I think I'll keep yeah. playing for that. So, but it is fun. So, like, it, it was good. Yeah. Yeah. What I'll say is, don't be afraid to use a wiki. I actually yeah. think it's better to play it with a wiki. Sure. I, I know, like a, a lot of the appealist, like like figuring it out things on your own and um, you know, cause like you, you still need to be good enough to like beat the bosses. And, right. Um, yeah. Like, but, but for me, it's just more like, um, like I, I would keep it up next to me and like, if I really needed it, I would check it. Like I'd still just kind of run around and do mm-hmm. stuff on my own. But um, yeah, like if you end up missing out on items, like when I was playing dark souls three, I was really stubborn about it. Didn't want to use a, wiki or anything and then 
I ended up missing out on some items that were really important for my build. Sure. So, um, yeah, just don't be afraid to refer to a wiki. I know that it's, especially with that game, it can get really stigmatized. Yeah. But. Yeah. So I, I built a, a hunter, I think, a bow guy, and mm-hmm. I've been, like, exclusively fighting with, with swords in, like, my morning star, and so I'm wondering if I fucked yeah. up. Because <laughs> I can't find um, arrows. I don't know where arrows are. Yeah, oh, you'll, you'll you need to, to buy, them, buy them. I think. Yeah. Have you um, found the vendor yet? Uh, there's one guy that sits by the that sits by the campfire who gave me uh, uh, something. So right when you get into the undead berg, uh-huh. um, there's a way like like when you first get up the stairway and like you get to the first actual area of it. To the mm-hmm. right, there's a little room, and uh, I think you have to like break through some boxes. But then there's a little like. Uh, like patio where there's a guy sitting yeah. there and you can buy yeah. errors from him. Okay. Um, um, but yeah, like yes. you, you'll find that if you have a wiki open, um, yeah, I think, um, uh, I don't know if you messed up that dragon. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you messed up, but like, I think Mikey and I are both fans of the, the dexterity builds where you get to yes. like dodge around a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'd imagine the hunter has high decks. I don't actually know. But, yeah. No, um, like I, uh, especially post Bloodborne, mm-hmm. like that's all. That's the only way I can play those games now. Is uh, yeah, same. As a dex build, dodge roll, dodge roll. Um, the other thing that I would say yeah. is that um, a lot of people find enjoyment in those games because of its like of its narrative and its story, and it takes a lot of digging to get there. Yeah, yeah, um, I'm right about that. I don't care about any of that, and I still like those games a lot. Okay. I think there's still something to enjoy if, if you're if you feel like you're not enjoying what's going or understanding what's going on, I would just keep going because um, I still have fun. I think a lot of the fun for those games comes from the from the gameplay. It's it's that good. Um, yeah, like I don't know. Yeah, it, it now I'm just gonna get mad about uh, let it die again. <laughs> let's like, let's not let's not get mad about let it die. Yeah, because like Dark Souls is so refined and it's like pretty early on it kind of perfected its system and. Uh, I think Dark Souls 3 is the best version of it. Like, it's the most balanced gameplay-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, like, I think they're talking about it on the besties, where it's like, Dark Souls 3 isn't quite as memorable as 1, or especially Bloodborne. Like, but e- even though I totally adore t- uh, 3, and I think it's probably, it might be my favorite, like, mm-hmm. maybe even more than Bloodborne. Um, but, yeah, it's it's so good. Like, it's so refined, and it requires so much but it's still totally fair yeah it's great um but that's all i really i don't know do you guys have any anything else you want to talk about in terms of what you played um yeah i I just i don't know how long we're running but uh i played inside yeah just the other day and that is probably the most stressful video game i've ever played like it's not technically a horror game, but you're just so on edge the entire time. Yeah. And like it's probably the most violent game. Like in, in a year that had Doom, it might yeah. inside is probably the most violent game that came out last year. Like, I would say it's the most disturbingly violent game. Like yeah. in terms of like pure gore going on, like uh it's not yeah. as high as Doom, but there's something off putting about the way it, it's violent. It, it yeah, actually but, makes it feel kind of meaningful. But yeah. it's yeah, it's Whenever you see, you take a demon's like foot, and you yeah. 
and you use it to bash his head in. Like, that's like, oh, that's fun. But then whenever you see a a dog snap a little kid's neck over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, fuck. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. uh, It's it's so stressful. Oh, my God. But it's so beautiful. And the the ending is... It's bonkers. Crazy. I think it'd be really fun to talk about Inside Memoir if once we've all played it. Yeah. Um, and then maybe just like do a little spoiler discussion. Um, yeah. Because it goes, it goes some places. Yeah. It's I think probably yeah. like three to four, four, around four hours, I would say. Yeah. Um, right. But yeah. I, I, and I just want to say that like, I don't have many phobias, but like I legitimately was like, I don't know if I can go swimming after playing inside <laughs> yeah because of that little like water race what if we we should mikey we should gift we should gift inside to brian on yeah oh my goodness Let's do it. you can do it on xbox honestly oh uh, you might enjoy that more okay yeah, yeah. but you um, don't have to do that <laughs> well you should play it because i want to talk to you guys about okay. it because yeah, I, I have some feelings because yeah because all all of us are kind of in agreement that like we weren't totally enamored with inside or, uh, or Limbo. Limbo, Limbo is yeah. the, the developers of Insights. It's their first game, Limbo. Yeah. And, like, I appreciate a lot of things about it, but I felt like it was a bit rudimentary. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I didn't like, I didn't it, like it, it at the end. I got really frustrated. Yeah, the, the, it feels really uh, floaty. I couldn't and, even beat it. Yeah, I mean, neither. neither could I. Um, yeah, it just feels really floaty and imprecise. And, um, yeah, in, Insight is so polished. Like, whenever people are talking about a, for a game of the year, they're talking about how, like uses all of, like, the space behind you, like, Mm -hmm. because it's a 2D platformer, and, like, you're almost always in these just vast environments that feel really, like, the scale is insane. And, like, they they use the background um, very uh, intelligently. Totally. And it's it's really beautiful, it's really chilling, and it, like, probably added a couple of years to my life with how fucking stressed (laughs) out it made me. Yeah. Or took away a few. Right. But yeah, um, it, it's go ahead. It's really re- remarkable. Yeah, it's a cool game. And then lastly, I, I I'm not playing as much as I'd like, but I'm still playing Wind Waker HD. Hmm. Um, I just nice. did the Dragon Roost Temple, uh, <sighs> which is like the f- the first main one. That's a good, that's a good yeah. music island. It's a really good. Like, um, yes. That, that, okay. That, that, I thought it might be the only one, but when you get on that island and the music that, starts playing, it's like the best. That, yeah, that, that's the best music in the game. Um. And like, I even remember thinking that before I could appreciate. Yeah. Like when I was a kid playing that, I would just go visit Dragon Roost Island so I could listen to the music. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but so this might just be because, because I'm literate in games and dungeons and puzzles and stuff. But like that, that temple or Zelda games, whatever this Zelda game doesn't hold your hand nearly as much as any of the other Zelda games I've played. Like, I think it signposts things really, really well. Like you can see what you need to do. Um, but I don't think it's, uh, I don't know. I remember feeling like, like I was mastering it when I was playing it yeah. um, a couple weeks ago. Like I, I feel like it wasn't telling me what to do, but I could, it, it presented everything to me in such a way that I could figure it out on my own. And yeah, like it's, there it's was really like easy just, the, just the right amount of challenge. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it, it communicates like the language of the game very well, where it's like, you know what you're capable of and you mm-hmm. like by looking around it, you know, it, it takes a little bit of like, like mental puzzle solving to kind of figure things yeah. out. But, um, yeah, like, and, and that's something that inside and, uh, 
Doom does very, very well. Is that mm-hmm. like, 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 cause it, inside, like, you'll have a couple of things in the room and you need to figure out how they work together to like do something. Mm-hmm. And it's like everything you need is right there. And just like the way that it like, kind of like just leads you in the very slightest way. Like, yeah, Wind Waker yeah. does that pretty exceptionally. Like, yeah. I mean, the, for a GameCube game and for a Zelda game that, you know, is ostensibly aimed at, I don't want to say kids or children, but for like a lot of young people play these games. Yeah, game it's a is very, family friendly, it's very, all ages game. Yeah. It's very comfortable just like letting you exist in that world. Like once you mm-hmm. like sail away from Dragon Roost Island, like you're told where to go, but you can go anywhere. Yeah. Um, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, and, the, the, you know, like. And like and this was largely before open world games were a thing. Exactly. And if this was made now, like you'd have a bunch of icons all over your map before yeah. you could even discover them. And it does sense of discovery so, so well. It makes me want to like, like end the call and go play it right now. Yeah. I love See, that game. Like, uh, and honestly, that's kind of what has me excited for Breath of the Wild is that it, I feel like they're going to recapture that in a major way. I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. Um, the game looks really beautiful. God, it looks, I'm, yeah, ugh, like, it looks amazing. <laughs> like, even though like I've said multiple times, like I really am going to try not to let myself get too excited about video games. Uh, like there are like three or four games this year that I'm just having a really hard time, like mm-hmm. not just totally like losing my shit over. Um, yeah. 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 Before we go into hot takes, I just want to say like Waypoint Radio recently had a really great discussion on. Um, I think one of the listeners asked, "Would you rather have like I played a lot of games in 2016 and I thought they were all great, but none of them really spoke to me the way games in previous years did. Would you rather have?" another year like 2016 with a lot of great games but um or would you rather have fewer games but like one that becomes your game you know what i mean um and i i i sort of feel like 2016 was that year for me as well where like i played a lot of really great games but none really like captivated me the way like uh xcom did in 2012 or like um like pac-man championship edition dx did where it's like that's the only game i wanted to play I think the closest that came to that was Titanfall 2, which I still play. Um, yeah. I mean, Overwatch was kind of that for me. Like, I think I have 80 or 90, like, gameplay hours. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Like, not including the time I spent in lobbies or, you know, like, studying up on the meta and, like, team composition. and. Yeah, I think Overwatch is that for a lot of people. It was a game that they... Yeah just played a lot of I, I i probably have similar hours on titanfall 2 if not i'll be catching up to yeah. that soon but no and, and so actually after inside i was kind of sitting there thinking like i think i would rather play because if it's like say 15 bucks i, I think i'd mm-hmm. rather play four of these games instead of like you know yeah. one whatever mm-hmm. like there are a few of those like big 60 dollar games that i like like if like, I was thinking about, it, like, okay, which game would I take out of what I played this year that I would, you know, rather have that back? It's like, Battlefield 1, I'd probably want four smaller games. Um, yeah, yeah. Like, even though I'm really burnt out on open-world games right now, I don't think I'd take back, like, Watch Dogs 2 or Overwatch. But, yeah, I'm trying to think of, like... Yeah. Like, I, I think I would rather have very... Like, more people making... Smaller games, games like inside yeah yeah like i think i think i'd rather play a higher volume of games that are maybe less of a time sink yeah like yeah. if i could 
if I could, you know, if if only Firewatch Inside and Titanfall Two came out this year, like I yeah. think I'd be happy. But there's so much that I feel like I need to be a part of. Um, totally, I don't know. And like, and that's kind of my problem with Final Fantasy Fifteen is like that's the game where I'm like, I think I'd rather be playing like like you know even to like two thirty dollar games. Like I, I really mm-hmm. don't want to play this like fifty hour RPG, especially when it's open world. And I just am so yeah. exhausted on that. Um, yeah, and I, have either of you guys touched Final Fantasy Fifteen? I wanted to, no. and I still kind of want to, but I'm also like fine having not for right now. Yeah, I'm in the same like, boat. it's the the UI is very like menu intensive, and like dialogue boxes are seemingly like, always popping up. Like, like it's it's very Japanese. It's something that really bothered bothered me about Let It Die as well, where it's like it's constantly like. So to like whenever you get in the car, it's not like you get in the car and start driving. It pops up a menu. It's like, how do you want to drive? Do you do you want this character to auto drive for you? Do you want to be the driver? Mm-hmm. Um, and like everything's presented to you as menus, and I'm, mm-hmm. and it's just really obtuse. It's kind of boning me out. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's anyway. Yeah, I, I, I think I would rather have a couple of like smaller RPGs like. Uh, did either of you play Child of Light? No. Or, uh, mm, I think or I Transistor? tried. Uh, I don't like Transistor that much. Oh, I love Transistor. I like Bastion. Like, but, like, I, I, I think I would rather have a couple of like smaller RPGs like those right yeah. now. Hmm. Um, but yeah, but there are a few. Like I'm going to get Zelda. I'm going to put way too many hours into it. I'm going to get that Spider-Man game. Gonna put oh, it. shit, Spider-Man. Yeah. And, you, and ukulele's coming out. I'm so excited about that. I'm excited to hear people talk about ukulele. I probably yeah. will not play that game. No, but, and, uh, and yeah, that's that, that's something that is totally up my alley. Like, yeah, like Rare Replay was like made for me. <laughs> like, I I loved Rare Replay. Like, that's that Sunset Overdrive are the two things that I'm that I probably Mikey put the Krieger most time on Xbox One. Yeah, like the, uh, the, the reason why I'm still holding on to it right now is for Cuphead. But oh, Cuphead! I sold my Xbox. Yeah. My S is coming next week. Nice. I I thought about getting an S just because it's like the nicest looking piece of consumer technology I've seen in a long time. Yeah, and I just kind of want it on my shelf. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, like I. But right, right now, other than that, I think I would rather have another PS4. So I have one in the living room, one in my bedroom. I just want like, a Pro because I want to be a 100% gamer. Uh, yeah. yeah, I travel. I, I yeah. travel a lot with my Xbox, and so. Uh, well, travel a lot. Like I take it down to like my parents or to my partners, like families mm-hmm. or just around. And so, lugging around that power brick sucks on the original Xbox One. Yeah. And um, I think the well, don't, don't they have the, the play anywhere thing? Can she just like get a laptop? Uh, it, that only works with certain first party games, none of which that I currently oh. own. So it, it's 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 expanding, but for now, yeah. it's really just like Gears of War and like Quantum Break. Yeah. And so isn't Sony doing Tomb that too? Uh, I think you can like you have you can get a remote play app for your laptop, but yeah. I don't know if it's the same thing. Yeah, and they have that for Xbox. You can stream to your PC, which is okay. It works kind of well. I think yeah. it needs some more polish, yeah. but um, beyond that, it uh, it's just a lot more convenient to have that smaller console, and it looks really totally. nice. Totally. Yeah, yeah. I, I wish that there was like a PS4 Mini. Like, there, well, there's there is. that slim, but it doesn't look as good. Mm. No. Um, and I have the, the PS TV and Oh yeah, the ooh. little Vita in a box. 
Uh, yeah, I, I got it for Christmas when it was like thirty dollars. Like, like last mm-hmm. year, I think I got it for Christmas. Nice. Like it was mm-hmm. on Amazon for like twenty bucks, and told my aunt, I was like, "Hey, like, there's a thing." Like, yeah, yeah. I, and I, what I wanted to use it for is as a um, Vita, I could play on my TV, really. Yeah. But uh, yeah, like it doesn't work for remote play. Like I'm a little far away from my router, mm-hmm. and it, like they just it won't connect. And I was like, "Oh, okay, this is why this thing didn't sell." Yeah. Uh, let's move into hot takes. I have one. Okay. We we watched Kubo and the Two Strings last night. Yep. And uh, we slept on it. I wish we saw it in theaters so I could support the the studio yeah. a little bit more. But um, I think the hot take is that Kubo is better than most recent Pixar movies. Um, and I say that because I think. Animated films that aren't in the DreamWorks or Disney and Pixar milieu, if you will, uh, I, I, like they just seem to take a little bit more risk with mm-hmm. storytelling, and they're not afraid of they're not as afraid with of like of loss and death and um, sort of like more mature themes. Mm-hmm. And Kubo isn't like a perfect movie. Uh, like Kubo, the character himself is a little like unconflicted. You know what I mean? He just I, I don't know. Like yeah. his companions get more screen time and better lines than he does. And like, you understand his journey, but like, it's the most, I don't know. There's something about it that just felt really good to watch. Like it was, it felt refreshing. And of course, part of it's the visual style, but I think that Disney and Pixar movies could, uh, up their game a little bit in terms of like, they need I don't know. more stop motion. You're yeah. Saying? I mean, honestly, sure. Um, uh, I, lo- no, I, I love that movie. Yeah, I adore everything Like it puts out. Like, Paranorman's one of my all-time favorite movies. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Kubo and the Two Strings is uh, terribly underrated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, anyway. It, everything Like it puts out, I think, is... Because, yeah, it's Coraline, Paranorman, The Box Trolls, and now Kubo and the Two Strings. Yeah. Um, and he was the director of The Nightmare Before Christmas. So if you want... Oh, he was? Are we talking yeah, Burton Tim Burton right now? Tim Burton was the producer. I don't like Tim Burton. Uh, Tim Burton didn't oh yeah, Tim Burton was the producer of Nightmare Before Christmas, but he gets all the credit. Yeah, no, he, yeah, he didn't direct it. Um, yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so Coraline, uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, all those good things. Yeah. Um, I don't know. If you haven't seen Kubo and the Two Strings, I'd recommend it. It's very good. Kelsey wants I think to watch it. Yeah. I think we'll watch it. It's, it should. Fantastic. It's only like six bucks to rent in HD on Amazon. It's not terrible. We have a video uh, rental store in town that we actually go to pretty frequently. Oh, cool. It's, it's you should do that then. kind of a fun throwback. Crazy yeah. Mike's? Crazy Mike's. Shout out. I, uh, I used to yeah. rent things from Scarecrow Video in Seattle, which is a great movie rental store. That uh, I go to this little independent store. Um, kind of small. Like, actually very small. It's, it's kind of like a... It's called Redbox. Yeah. Um, uh. You go up to it and yeah. I heard of that. Really cool, really cool employees. Do you remember when Redbox was like exclusively in McDonald's stores? No. No. It was like, always I'm at grocery sure stores that, for me. Pretty sure it like launched where it was like always at like the McDonald's. Like, huh. I, that, I don't remember that at all. Yeah, I remember because it was like the Redbox at the, the Red fast food stores. Huh. Hmm. I just remember, um, I just think of like 7-Eleven, but then there, there are also like DVD Express or something like fake yeah. Redboxes at every grocery store too. Yeah, especially in Bellingham, before there were any red boxes, there were uh, yeah, like DVD Express, like you said. Just it's a, it, it was literally a red box, but it was not a red box. 
Yeah, um, it was a uh, Redbox Automated Retail LLC. It was initially funded by McDonald's Corporation. Wow, interesting. Yeah, huh. money, money. So I'm not crazy. Well, you are a little, a little bit, bit, but yeah. Um, uh, my, next hot my, take, my, uh, Mikey, you go. Me. Um. So my hot take is that the world's the world ends with you is the best video game to never get like revisited. It got a port to iOS, and that's it. Like it was universally acclaimed. Mm-hmm. It sold really well. Like they constantly sold out of their shipments. Like, like, I, but they just they threw it in one of the Kingdom Hearts spinoffs and then never touched that IP again. And it's like I'm actually okay with that. I think that fewer things need to be revisited. Personally, I don't know. That is like. Outside of the Chrono series, is probably yeah. my favorite, like Square Enix entity. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's so fucking beautiful and refreshing. And if they wanted to try to like take on the Persona audience, that would be the perfect fucking way to do it. Yeah, because like if that game had come out like five years later, people would be going crazy about it. Because yeah. like, but it came out on yeah. the the DS, like like really under the radar. My brother yeah. loved it. I actually, have it on DS. Yeah, you should play like, it if you haven't yet. It's it's great. Yeah, um, I haven't played the iOS port. It's expensive, like it's like twenty bucks. But um, like looking at like the Metacritic score for the iOS version is higher actually than the DS version. Oh. Um, hmm. it's yeah a ninety five on Metacritic, which I usually hate using Metacritic as any kind of representation of the quality of a game. But yeah, like I know that the core game is really good. I just don't know how the port is, and apparently. Uh, people loved it, so um, wow. it's something that I'm actually really tempted to drop twenty I bucks was, on because that game is that fucking good. I was going to suggest like I've looked at a lot of the Square Enix uh, iOS ports, Ugh, and they haven't so updated ugly. them in a long time. And a lot of them are ugly, but they also don't yeah. update them very frequently. Um, but this one was updated in December of 2015, there you go. which yeah. is relatively recent considering when they released it. I yeah, guess the, the game came out in '07. Yeah. Um, so, so it's, that's oh, it's ten years old. Holy shit! Wow. I think that it's great that they haven't revisited it, but I also like want to give them a nod for like putting it on iOS, which is probably like one of the most uni- like universal ways to like preserve that game in a way that yeah. it'll be able to be played for like years. And I think that it's yeah. super cool that like Kingdom Hearts is kind of doing that with their HD remakes. Yeah, um, I like that. Yeah, like you, you can you don't have to like you don't have to like like do what they're doing with like say like the spider-man movies where you have to like release a new one every couple years just just to keep the franchise but like if you keep updating it for like so people can continue to play it like Mm -hmm. i'm really happy with that yeah but i'm I'm i'd be curious to see like how it actually plays on ios because the the two screens was crucial to how did that how that combat system worked sure um yeah i think that they kind of remapped everything on ios i think it plays and like landscape mode, so you're holding your phone yeah. sideways. Yep. So I, I think that they actually did um, kind of. It's more than just like a port; they actually updated the game to work on iOS. That's great. That's cool. But like the style of that game is so good. The music, the art, like you like you like equip like attacks using like pins, mm-hmm. like like fashion pins, and like it's it's so good. Like fuck, I'm I'm just like pouring over this and like there's a good chance i'm gonna drop 20 bucks on the world the world ends with you on ios today you should it's such a fucking good game like it, it's i would probably put it in my top three rpgs ever 
Cool. Um, my hot take is I hate ordering at Starbucks because my order is stupid and, and not complicated, but sounds complicated. Uh, I always order a, a grande ice cream tea, no sweetener, no water, which just translates to pour the tea in the cup with ice. Uh, <laughs> um, and this isn't like a knock on baristas. I was definitely a barista too and like have been through it. It's just like... So I a baristo? A baristo. Is, that, is, it, is a male barista? Yeah, Something please like that. use the correct vernacular. <laughs> and uh like it's just a stupid way to say something super simple and i can't think of an easier way to do it yeah Yeah. um don't they have an app that you can just order on yeah but then i have to like open it up and do it actually you know but but, but then you don't have to actually like communicate it to them like they they will have it i've done it before on on a piece of paper in a form format that they can recognize and then you're overcoming that awkward also, yeah. I'm pretty sure you can save your your complicated but simple drink as a favorite. So you can just like yeah. the, so the, just the first time you the, set up that drink in the app will be annoying because you have to do yeah, all those sub menus and everything. But 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 then every time that you want to order, you just need to yeah. press the Brian shitty drink button. And then yeah, it. <laughs> it's set up um, and favorited in my phone, and I've done it before. But I just it it sort of lacks the like. Yeah, it makes me feel like I'm just talking to a computer and getting a thing. I'm I'm like smearing my greasy fingers on my screen and getting what I want and. I do that a yeah. lot. I get that. See, I like, understand and, that. I, I do that like almost like anytime I need to order out. Cause like, I'm usually just really peculiar about like one thing. Um, <laughs> like I do that with Taco Bell because I hate sour cream and sour yeah, me cream too. comes in everything at Taco Bell. And so it's just really, it's a lot easier for me to just put it in a format that they can easily read and not just be like, Oh, can I get that without sour cream? Or like, or I don't even need to ask like, does that have sour cream in it? Like they just, in, there's an, an ingredient list on every item. Mm-hmm. You can actually like, go through it and like take things off, replace things, and I don't need to actually try to deal with communicating that to a person through a box. Right. Like I can just. Uh, yeah. I only ever go inside Taco Bell. Yeah, I, I need to do that more mm-hmm. because they never give me enough fucking fire sauce. If I'm like, you hey, know, I actually, need, like, I, I don't know if anybody lit. needs to go inside Taco Bell. I don't think anybody needs to. The drive-thru skimping on the fire sauce. I need to. The drive-thru at Bellingham well. always has like ten cars in it. It's like going to an In-N-Out. Like if you've ever been yeah, to an yeah. In-N-Out lately, like you know that like it's bad because they have employees walking around the parking lot with iPads to, <laughs> to process orders. Like when you're like Ugh. seven cars like behind the the payment window. Um, Taco Bell is like that in Bellingham. It's crazy. Um. The we're gonna wrap it up now, but we should say that um, this will go live on Monday the ninth, and Awesome Games Done Quick is happening this week. Yeah, right. Um, so that's like a really cool charity community that, like, pretty much twenty four seven for like a whole week will live stream speed runs of all like every video game ever probably. Basically. Um, <laughs> so take a look at the schedule. I think it's just agdq dot. Twitch.tv slash games done quick is okay. the official uh, channel they use to, to do it. Uh, right now they're playing Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time 3D and the guy's like mm-hmm. 26 minutes in and like skipped a ton already and it, he just like, it's cool to watch because they explain it. And so if you want to see a, a, a favorite video game of yours get broken, it's it's a great way to, to watch. Yeah, and then uh, you can also, it's, it's just great because they support um, charity for it looks like they're benefiting the Prevent Cancer Foundation this year. And they're already so. at twenty four thousand dollars. 
That's crazy. Um, and also hide the chat. Twitch chat is awful. Just yeah. watch the games. Um, thank you so much for listening to fans of the genre. We're on Facebook now at facebook.com slash fans of the genre. Um, go like that page and we'll be posting every new episode there and maybe Brian will start live streaming from there. Um, that's yeah, cool. No, I, if I have an outlet for it now, then I might start doing that as well. Yeah. Um, I think I want to try getting a little adapter for my phone and then Facebook live streaming an episode of this podcast somehow. Uh, that'd be yeah, really well, fun to like just fuck around with. Um, um, we, we could try that. Try seeing if we can do that on the, uh, on the 12th. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking if I can figure it out, I, I'll float it by you guys, but maybe we like, we actually live stream the press conference and our feedback over it. If we wanted to do something like that. Yeah. That'd um, be really fun. Our reaction. That, that's like a very giant bomb esque thing to do. And I think no, I, it's, I'd, I'd be down for that. It's definitely possible. Um, yeah, I really want to, we have to make sure. That we're, <laughs> yeah, I, we have to make sure that we're watching the same source at the exact. Okay, we'll figure it out. There's yeah. a lot of logistical we'll stuff. Back, um, at the very least, there'll be yeah. a reaction podcast to it. Definitely. definitely yeah. Stay definitely. tuned this week. Um, we're on Twitter at fans of fans of genre. Know the. Um, and that's where you can send us questions and feedback. You can do that at the Facebook too. Um, if you like the show, please rate us on iTunes. Um, it really helps others discover the show, but. More importantly, if you like games and all your friends like games, tell them about the show because uh, I've discovered all my favorite podcasts through word of mouth, basically. Yeah. So um, that's going to do it for us. That's uh, it. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks, folks. And we will see you next week. Bye. See ya. Bye.